0: Hi, this is Jonathan, and I play the human wizard, Jonathan the Magimuscular. Hi, I'm Jack. I play Trevancor, a half-elf Beastmaster
1: Ranger. Hi,
2: this is John. I play your half-orc barbarian, Carlton
1: Tanks.
3: Hi, this is Julia. I play the rock gnome cleric, Bernice Q. Burns.
4: And I am Lauren, a.k.a. OboCrazy, your humble DM. And welcome to Dungeon Drunks. Distinguished adventurers last time on Dungeon Drunks, the group order furniture for their house, and inquire about some armor and weapon upgrades. Jonathan works at the Watchful Order to add some spells to his arsenal, promising to come back and talk to Master Zick about a possible mission. Bernie meets up with Joster Tea who joins her for tea with Farah, and a discussion about the Moonpick, and possibly more. And that is where we begin tonight. Welcome to Dungeon Drunks. I'm your DM, Lauren, also known as Oboe Crazy. And I have coffee and Kahlua. I have some of the Snickety Snooks coffee, which is from Initiative Coffee Company, which was put out as part of their special line and where proceeds from it went towards anxiety gaming. So it was all a a big charity thing through uh, Holly Conrad, who plays Strix on Dice Camera Action and coffee and Snickety Snooks. And it's a whole big charity, wonderful thing. And It's a really good coffee. And so I I then tainted it with the last of my pumpkin spice Kahlua, (laughs) which is still actually pretty good. But it is it is excellent coffee and I highly recommend it. But yes, it is warm and inviting and it's in my giant D&D mug, which always makes me happy. Bernie, what are you drinking?
3: I am drinking the last of that bottle of wine, my friends, because <laughs> today is Canadian Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving! Yes, we are recording today. I'm, I'm sure this is going to go up much later, but like to all you Canadians out there, I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. To all you Americans, I hope you had a great Indigenous Peoples Day.
2: By the time this airs, it might actually be American Thanksgiving. But
3: yeah, by the time <laughs> this airs, it's May. Just, just, just in case, just to. In case, uh, happy, happy American Thanksgiving. I was literally <laughs> just thinking that. You might actually be true. Uh Tonight, I am drinking that wine. And as we found out, apparently it's a Chardonnay. Ooh. Ooh I know, right? I was like, Chardonnay. And I was like, oh. He was like, what did you think it was? And I was like, white. Yeah.
1: Re- <laughs> refreshingly devoid of black flies. <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right. Travancore, what are you drinking?
1: Good people of favoring. Travancore's choice this evening is inspired by his recovery from a recent bout with illness. And I don't know why I'm bringing this over at risk of burning myself, because there's no recording for this episode, but really, if you hear me screaming in pain, at least you have some context for it. This is a diffuser full of tea.
3: Ooh. And
1: the tea is a coconut mango wuyi oolong.
4: Ooh, and that sounds
1: lovely. What I did is I put it inside this mug and I put some like raw honey on the bottom of it and I waited for it to seep. So we're doing actually a live tasting of
4: tea. Here we go. Live tea-teeing. Oh, that's perfect. <gasps> hey! I feel better because I think one of the last times you did a live tasting, it was of that banana bread stuff that you hated so much.
1: Let us not speak of the banana bread again. It's gone,
4: and it's never coming back.
3: I did see that on a menu at a place Steve and I went to, and I thought... And
4: you knew to avoid it. Nope. Jack didn't like it. It can't be good. My
1: magician, (laughs) um, well, he's not a cousin, but he's married into my family, so my cousin married into Magic. He once said that if it's on a menu somewhere, someone somewhere likes it. So true if you're out there and you like well's banana bread uh you know let let us know let us know your experience i don't like well's banana bread change my mind insert meme here
4: (laughs) or don't change your mind just you know people have different tastes and that's okay as long as you're happy but uh you know what i'm happy that you've got tea because that sounds so so good so yummy (laughs) jonathan
0: what are you drinking hey this is jonathan and i play jonathan the magic muscular and tonight I am drinking chamomile tea because I'm a little sick and I'm just uh, recovering. So uh, it, it's not too bad, but uh, but it is kind of draining. And I'm, so it's just taking it easy tonight. However, for our shot tonight, we have some, uh, some assistance from uh, Jules, a.k.a. Bernice Q. Burns. Why don't you take it away?
3: tonight bernie is going to do probably the second to last it's uh that lemon that really good lemon vodka that we bought down in austin texas nice. uh and i drank the live game this is one of the last shots of it and i uh pulled out a, a really vintage shot glass for it it is my drunk tank shot glass oh uh, who is our shot going out to tonight
2: oh uh my sister allie
3: allie sedlack
2: yep or soon, soon to, to be, be... Flauvi. Flauvi flabby I don't know how to pronounce his fucking name.
3: Well, what was <laughs> Ali All said right. back? They've been
2: together All for ten years, and I still don't know how to pronounce Glenn's last name.
0: Yeah, you should probably you should probably rewind it back to, and this shot of...
4: Uh. No, that's talking like a true future brother-in-law, right
2: there. That's me. the thing, they've been together, it's like Flavy, Flavy, Flovy, I don't know. I, yeah. I, Allie said, let's, let's
4: hope you plan on keeping your last name. Here's to that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm
4: going to say just for fun, when either Bernie or Jonathan do a a spell of third level or higher, we can we can do that shot. Because I think if we're going to share the glory of this uh, former fireball shot, I think that, that'll make it much more fun. I like that plan.
1: Hey, is the Allie the one who made us a cake for R.T. Philly? Yeah. Yay! Hurry oh, Allie.
3: Your cake is good, Allie. I remember that cake. And hey,
4: Carlton, Yeah. what are you drinking?
2: Uh, Tonight, uh, I have a milkshake, because I had been running a bunch of errands, getting ready for the wedding that I'm leaving for in two days, uh, and didn't have time to eat dinner, so I got some fast food on the way, and they had pumpkin toffee milkshake at uh, P. Terry's. It it tastes like, I imagine, a Bath and Body Works candle taste. It is FALL! We
4: <laughs> need a gif of that.
2: <laughs> well, I'm we are recording gift. the video. You can make a gif of it. Totally
4: gifting. Just crop me that out. Just, just you going fall. <laughs> that was amazing. I'll put it on. Uh, your so dear. it's like
2: very <laughs> pungent. I mean, it's not terrible. It's definitely better than the sodas I had. But but it is like you, when you go to Bath and Body Works and you like stick the candle in your face so you get the big old whiff and it's like just pumpkin and spices and all the fall smells that's what that tastes like
3: that sounds like it tastes like a
4: migraine kind of yeah well, after a, while, a couple hours it sounds like when you walk into has have, have you ever just walked into lush yes <laughs> yeah and, and then immediately want to turn around because you yes. no longer have a sense of smell because yes. it's been attacked by three billion smells mm-hmm. like that's what it sounds like except all pumpkin spice speaking speaking of things that smell Bernie, you've walked into the house <laughs> of Farah, this old lady that you had a, a run-in with many, many, many weeks ago, both in real life and in the game. And she had seemed at the time just like a nice old lady who had given you actually directions to go talk to Seekin at Green Green Grass because you were looking for a lemon tree. And oh the two of you God. had a... Yeah, this is how long... She's the reason that you met Seekin. And she had made some mentions about possibly members of her family, possibly her husband being killed by the Thieves' Guild, and yet here you are, enjoying a a spot of tea and some lemon cakes with her and Joster Tea Leaf, a, a halfling that you met who might be a member of the Thieves' Guild. And... It's it's been a comfortable couple of minutes. You've been invited into her house when when you showed up. Uh, after Can I knocking... do a
3: perception check to see how many doilies there are?
4: Absolutely. Give me a doily check.
3: Let's do this doily check. Twelve.
4: Let's see how many doilies you notice. You only notice one doily. It's a really nice one. It's like it's the one that she puts down on the the little table in between all of the chairs in the living room that has the pot of tea on it. And it's this wonderful blue, like blue and white, very thick. I mean, it's a doily in in the the classic sense, but it's this gorgeous one that's laid out right in the middle of the table in order to put the tea down on. Uh, She notices you looking at it and she says, oh, did you like that? I used to do a lot more kind of uh, needle pointing and crocheting and all, all that kind of stuff when I was a little younger and I had a bit more time.
3: Oh, why, why don't why don't you have the time anymore?
4: Well, I do a lot of wandering around water deep nowadays, and I don't move very fast, so it takes me a while, especially in the snow.
3: I can imagine it would take a long time. Aimless wondering, purposeful wondering, what kind of wandering are we talking about
4: here? A little bit of both. And at that point, Joster speaks up and says, So I get the sense that you might have met under not the most Maybe Farah didn't quite tell you everything that she did with us, for us, for, you know, for, that she even worked with us for a while. And frankly, I was a well, little surprised you even knew who she was.
3: Well, she knows Seekin, and that turned out, well, it turned out, didn't it?
4: <laughs> <laughs> He's such a nice boy, isn't he? He
3: is, an old man, got an interesting family that Seekin.
4: Oh, I've never met any of his family. I thought he lived alone.
3: He does, Uh, but we recently had the occasion to meet Seekin's grandfather. Oh, good. Very nice man. Excellent. He has a a lovely garden as well, but, you know, it runs in the family. I'm not
4: surprised. He doesn't really do very much else except for doing gardening stuff and that's the kind of thing that you know only gets you so far and water deep but that's okay everybody's got their place to be
3: and he's occasionally a goose but i don't know that
4: you can get paid for that only once and then you're kind of done (laughs) yeah yeah
3: yeah joster
4: joster laughs a little bit and then says well so here's here's the thing My friend here used to be a member of the organization that was in charge before mine, the Moonpick. They were less than scrupulous, let's say.
3: I got the sense that they sort of killed your husband.
4: Oh, you got the sense that because I told you because it's true. And Joster says, well, we were never able to really pin down exactly who did it, but we're pretty sure that yeah. It was it was the Xanathar that ordered it. But he's gone now, and that whole organization is, is gone now, and it's us now, so we won't be having any of that anymore. In fact, Vera here is one of the reasons that we were able to pick up the pieces uh, where we left off, because every town needs a place in where you can get stuff and move items and get information without having to go through the... Uh, proper authorities as it were
3: yeah yeah they have the uh fixers up in amfail but they weren't really good at what they did given they got taken over by something i don't know it's been a it's been a while since we were in amfail but the fixers they didn't fix much i can tell you that
4: hmm I don't really have that much information outside of Waterdeep, so I can't really tell you about any other organizations. I can say that we keep to ourselves, we keep ourselves simple, we don't do any killing, we try to keep as much of it above board as possible and just, you know, make sure that the the nobles around here aren't the only ones who know all the information in town, if you catch my drift.
3: Oh, 100%. Now, this may be a forward question of me, but I've always wondered if you don't do killing, who does your killing for you?
4: Oh, we don't. No, we're not in the assassination business. I I thought I'd made that clear.
3: Oh, of course you aren't in the assassination business. But if you're not in the business and you need killing done, do you hire someone? Is that how that
4: works? With a young enough organization, we haven't had to worry about the killing of someone. Uh, Most of what we've needed killing has been what you encountered down in the Undermountain. This stuff. And that, we you're the first ones to come along that we've ever had that for. And I guess we could have just hired actual mercenaries if we needed to. But that's not really anything illegal. That's just, you know, more... More monsters in Undermountain. Uh, the, the one one or two people that we've needed running out of town have been run out of town. You know, Once you kill someone, then, then there's blood feuds. And no one likes a blood feud. And no one who we decided early on, when, when, when this organization started, that nobody really felt like getting into the assassination business. And if we couldn't keep it amongst ourselves, we didn't feel comfortable just hiring it out. Because then you have liabilities.
3: Yeah. Extra costs.
4: Oh, extra costs? And then, yeah, I mean, he's totally right. Once you kill somebody, then people people want to do revenge stuff. I mean, that's half the reason that I helped take down the Xanathar was because I needed to have revenge on my husband. You don't just kill my husband and then not have me come after you.
3: Ah. No, I can see that, yeah.
4: So, anyway, it's been a little while. The last time I talked to you, you were interested in learning a few new skills. I assume that's still something you were interested in. Oh, 100%. Hmm. And... I assume you and your friends are doing more of the, the, the fate changer, this kind of goody, good stuff. You're not really that interested in breaking into people's houses and stealing their stuff. Not
3: really. I mean, I imagine at some point it's probably going to happen, and I could probably... I'm My moral compass points places. I'm, But uh, no, I'm not super... I'm not here to plunder. I'm here to get through locked doors.
4: And that's okay. There's no reason why you need to be worried about doing something you're not morally objectionable to it's 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 good enough to know that we've got friends who have more of the the powerhouse kind of of interests, and maybe that's how we can help each other. I know yeah. the last time we had talked we were thinking about some kind of arrangement, and
3: I mean we're very good at running people out of towns, actually.
4: And we're very good about finding out information, and uh, you might also find out some information we might be interested in, and we might find some stuff that you might be, and I think as long as we keep the relationship like that, I I don't think anyone would, would mind too much.
3: You know, actually, I think that would be just fine.
4: That seems pretty reasonable to me. Oh, good, good. And he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a, a little leather pouch. Uh, it's only maybe a little larger than the size of his hand. He puts it down on the table next to his teacup and then picks his teacup back up and takes a little sip and says, so I I think your friend Travancore might know exactly where our uh, one of our safe houses might be. So you let him know that if, if you ever come across some information that's maybe might be beneficial for more than just the nobles in town to know about, that we would be we'd be rightly appreciative to learn about it.
3: Is there, like, a particular subject you all are interested in? Or is this, like, I don't know, this is a just in general, if you hear some juicy gossip, please come
4: dish? Oh, I, I trust your instincts on this, but certainly we... We like to plunder those who would plunder others, and uh, let's just say that nobles who take advantage of those in town are less likely to report to the authorities when their own stuff ends up missing. So if you happened to come across anyone who might need a lesson in being taken from, you let us know. Actually,
3: if you are ever in Amphale, we could probably make you a list.
4: Well, as I said, Anne feels a little a little far away for our interests. We like to be within within the city walls, something that's not a horse ride away. However, I will ask my superiors if, if they know anyone out there, and I'll keep that in mind. Meanwhile, and he puts his teacup down and slides over the little leather pouch, and he says, you're going to need some training, and it's going to take a little while, but... And he eyes the pouch.
3: Uh, Bernie's going to open it up.
4: Uh, it is a set of these tools. Ooh. Now, <laughs> you're going to need some, some training, and I've got some some things that I can offer to you to help out with that, and certainly I can I can give you some instructions, but it's going to take a little while. Any kind of skills like this, you know, you have to practice. What did they say? 10,000 hours before you're proficient in something? I, I guess, yes. Yeah, well, it took me a while, and but I worked on it, so...
3: Religion's a little different when it comes to proficiencies, you know? It's sort of like,
4: does God like you? That's true, but if the lock doesn't like you, it just doesn't open. If the God doesn't like you all of a sudden, what happens?
3: Oh, all kinds of horrible things. Have you ever read literally any religion's
4: Bible? A little bit, yeah. That's why I stick with the locks. If they don't like me, I can just walk away and not get smited.
3: Now, you had to do something pretty bad to get smited. Like, you got... A lot of religions do take, I mean, you've got to be, think about it this way. There are some religions that take the point of view that it's really best to never be noticed by God. And those are the ones where if you are noticed, you're heading towards smite and territory. But the ones where uh, you're going to be noticed either way, mostly if God doesn't like you, they're just going to ignore you.
4: Yeah, I prefer to be ignored. I re- and I ignore back and i think we all get along as for that and he points down at the the lock picking set you do notice that it's it's a set of what you've seen him actually use a lock picking set and then there's actually a lock in there that is locked and has a key and he says so that's something to practice on because you know i'm not available 24/7 but and he takes it And he pulls out a couple of the tools that are in there. And within seconds, he just kind of shows you one-handed using them. Unlocks the lock. You hear a little... And he goes, but I'll give you the basics and then you can work on this yourself. Sound good?
3: Sounds good. Farrah, is this a thing you do
4: too? I used to do it and then I got arthritis and I'm not very good at that now. So I wander around looking for information. People tend to ignore old ladies especially the daft one can bernie heal her arthritis any age-related symptoms of and ailments you can temporarily provide some relief for but you can't heal old no (laughs) because i mean like i
3: had a friend who got got started to get arthritis like rheumatoid arthritis when he was like 20 like early onset so it's i I mean i know it's like mostly age-related but like is there like a thing she could do
4: so, Pharaoh will hold up her hands. You can see they're fairly gnarled. She She's obviously well into this arthritic issue. Uh, go ahead and roll a medicine check as you kind of take a look. 21. You think a greater restoration would give her some relief for a little bit, but once again, this isn't something. This isn't a 20 year old who is suffering some ailment. This is. You would heal her, and it would. Come back pretty quickly just because of her advanced age. But if you wanted to, if you, do you have greater restoration?
3: I mean, I do. I think it's one of the ones I think I always have. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I always have lesser restoration. I think. Yeah. I then to- at
4: worst, you'd need to sleep on it and learn it. So you know, greater restoration would offer her some relief, but it'd be temporary. So she says she talks about you know, but since the arthritis kicked in, I haven't really been able to do the lock picking, and so I, I, I pick people's brains. And she grins and and Joster laughs and is like, you wander around and pick up information. That's a little different than being a mind player.
3: Yes, but maybe a lot more pleasant.
4: Oh, yeah. I don't think I'd want to actually eat anyone's brains. That doesn't sound tasty at all. I'd rather stick to, you know, lemon cakes. And she picks up a cake.
3: Oh, these are very good. And Bernie's going to shove one in her mouth.
4: Over the next hour or two, Joster is going to show you some basics with the lockpicking set. Basically, what each of the the bits do, how to examine a lock in the best way. Uh, go ahead and roll a dexterity check for me. Oh,
3: well, this is going to be fun because I don't have any pluses to dexterity.
4: Well, lockpicking is all about dexterity. You quickly learn.
3: That's a natural one. Oh, no.
4: All right, Bernie. He hands you the lock picks. He closes the lock. He's he's shown you how to do a couple of very basic things, and says, "Here, give it a try." What happens?
3: Bernie, uh, sticks one of the tools in and does the turn thing, and then it just snaps. And she looks him. She goes, "I, I don't think, I don't think that was supposed to happen."
4: <laughs> no, no, it wasn't. I'm kind of surprised because they're they're. It's pretty nice metal. He takes the broken one. He reaches into <laughs> a pocket. I've got
3: mending. I've got mending. I can fix it. Oh, that.
4: good, because I only have mine, and I'd rather not. Yeah. So you you mend the pick back together. He shows you a couple more things. He goes, "Now, the practice every day. Work on this. It's going to take a while before you get really good at it. Uh, but 13. at least you-, <laughs> you try it again. Yeah. You're unable to unlock it, but Joster seems pleased. Like, you work on it, and you feel like you've got, at this point now, a handle on what you're supposed to do. And while you can't unlock it, he's like, much better. No, I'm not. Here, move. And then he he kind of very gently reaches out and grabs between where your hand is and where you're holding the lock, moves one of the picks just a tiny little bit, and then you hear and it opens. Oh, okay. You're very close. Con- considering the first time you broke a pick the second time that, that you were that close, it's good. So keep... Keep working on this, work on it every day. We'll get back together maybe in a couple of days, and I'll I'll give you a few more pointers. And at least now, if you come across something, you can at least give it a try with the correct tools. I seem to remember you telling me a story about your friends trying to use a sword or two to open up a door.
3: I ran out of bobby pins.
4: Nah, bobby pins are... They're creative, but these... it, These are tools. Bobby pins are fun. Yeah. Yeah. As you finish up your your tea and and biscuits and everything, uh, Jonathan, you are finishing up. Uh, you had gotten a spell from the Amethyst Acropolis, and then you had waited the requisite couple of days, and you were supposed to wait ten more days, but you were told, "Oh, come back, and we'll we'll, we'll sneak you on in." So you're back at the Amethyst Acropolis getting that second spell, and you get a message from Master Zek. Yeah. We here at Dungeon Drunks are huge fans of Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms. It's an official, free-to-play, Dungeons Dragons-based clicker game that you can download right now on Steam. The most recent update includes content from the new adventure Dragon Heist, and will be the first time fans can get a glimpse of all of the fun stuff in the book since Wizards of the Coast made the announcement. I usually have the game running in the background while I edit audio for this podcast, and it's always exciting to open chests to see what new gear my champions have. Speaking of chests, thanks to the fine folks who made Idol Champions, we're fortunate enough to be able to offer a free gold chest to all of our listeners. Now this code expires on November 25th, 2018 at 9pm Pacific, so you only have a week to redeem once this episode is posted. Open up your game, go to the shop, and type in this code. T O L L P O S T S E G o h o g g so use that code and let us know on twitter or instagram what goodies you got and now enough of the loot drops back to the show so you're in the 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 silent library which you now know the reason it's called the silent library is because there is a permanent silent spell placed on the entirety of the (laughs) library it is that's funny well, it's, it's, it's funny. It's also to for, for helping for study. And then very quickly you realize, oh, it's also to prevent accidents. Because as long as the silence spell is there, there are very few spells that can actually be cast. Or at least the vast majority of the really dangerous ones. So you're right. like, oh, all right, this makes a little sense. So getting the message in your head is actually the the best way in order to be alerted. Because it's not like someone could come down and talk to you. So you hear Master Zick in your head, that, and he says, when you are done, come to the teleportation area. Balana Zadok would like to speak to you.
0: Oh, thank you. I'll be right there. And I don't say what I, I, I think about saying, I don't know what that is, but sure. But I just kind of roll with it. So I'm like, okay, well, we'll let's, let's go see what he, and I think the buck's uh, leaving thoughts and we, we go. Okay. I'd like to think that Bucks has a little book in front of him, like a like a tiny uh pygmy owl book. And I don't know <laughs> if there's actually anything like written in it, uh but he likes to pretend.
4: <laughs> As you leave, go ahead and roll a history check.
0: All right. Uh, I think that's only going to be a 15. Oh, no, uh 16. Okay.
4: Uh yeah, that's good enough to remember that oh y- you do know who uh balana zadok is she's the research coordinator she's she's one of the oh uh, yeah, the masters yeah. okay. in you haven't really met her yet but you do know who she is so you wind your way through the amethyst acropolis and get to the teleportation area actually it so it's not the main area where all the actual circles are you are stopped in what what you know is master Zick's office and there he is with Balana Zadok. She is a uh, an elven woman in what seems to be very fine mage's robes. She's sitting in a chair across from Aras's desk holding a book. They seem to have been in the middle of a conversation. Aras stands when you arrive. She remains seated. And Aras says, thank you for coming so quickly. There was a interesting matter that has come up and I had recommended to uh, Balana that You and your friends might be the ones to take care of it if you were interested.
0: What's the job? I'd have to give it to see if they're interested, but, I mean, I'm interested. I'm always interested. Jonathan the muscular has interests. And Jonathan the muscular flexes a little.
4: Okay. Uh, At this point, B'Elanna stands up and gives you a, a little nod and says, Of course, there's no hurry for this. The information has come in recently, but we are... A little, uh, we don't have enough people to be able to take care of everything. And while this is a pet project of mine, this is not something that is quite world ending. Are you familiar at all with any of the the instruments of the bards?
0: I've only heard about them from one source. I believe we we had encountered and, and actually quick aside to the DM. That, those were the instruments that Thontorvac were was interested in, right? Yes. Okay. So, JMM kind of thinks for a second. He's like, I mean, I hadn't heard of them until we dealt with a blue dragon named Thontorvac, and he uh, wanted to recruit us to go find, it for, find them for him. It was kind of a tempting offer because, I mean, at the time, he presented it very, like, professionally, and he didn't threaten us right then, but... Enough of our party knew enough about dragons to where we knew that wouldn't be a good idea. So we we didn't, but that's the only place I've heard of them from.
4: Go ahead and roll an insight check.
0: My insight is not great. I believe that is going to be 11? 10!
4: Okay. Elves are inscrutable, and usually when you mention dragons, you get some sort of reaction. But she doesn't seem to give any kind of reaction when you drop blue dragon. But as you finish up, she nods and says, it's probably very wise. It's, you never want to trust at face value the chromatics. They're not always evil, but they are always self-centered. Nonetheless, he's not wrong about the power of those those instruments they are legendarily powerful especially some of the oldest ones that are out there and while most of the the bodic colleges have been destroyed or lost to time and most of the instruments scattered we've finally been able to come up with information on one of them there's a, a cult of Baphomet that is currently in possession of one and They've been a minor annoyance for a little while, but nothing that has required direct intervention. And with their acquiring of the the Kenneth Viol, I'm a little worried that they're going to either try to destroy it or be looking to expand their influence. Right now, this sect that we know of is layered on the Corinne Archipelago. Are you familiar with that? And Jonathan, you are.
0: Uh, Because those are the... Those are like where Care Calendar is, right?
4: It's directly north of the Moonshay Isles. Okay. You, you know that there's, there's a whole series of islands to the north that grow uh, very wild. Some of them are practically uncharted. There's here be dragons kind of islands.
0: I mean, we never went there. I, I, think, I feel like we almost vacationed there when I was a kid. But my parents, uh, as brilliant as they were, were also kind of insane. So we may have sailed by, but I know where they are. Yeah.
4: Excellent. Sailing by is usually the prudent thing. I I would not normally recommend landing there. There are all sorts of dangers. Nonetheless, this cult, which has been there for a while, but they've been pretty isolated. But I've I've received reports now that they've gotten their hands on this, frankly... I would like that to not be the case. And Aras has let me know that you and your companions have been incredibly successful as adventurers for, for him for quite a while. And I thought this might be something you were interested in. I'm very interested in getting this viol back from them and seeing this this sect destroyed. And we could definitely come up with some... Some form of payment, whether it be coin or something else that your your friends might be interested in, if you are willing to take the job. Well,
0: coin is always good. Uh, I actually just dropped a bunch, uh, copying some spells into my book, and uh, and I look kind of excited. I'm like, yeah, I got some good stuff. But um, <laughs> but yes, coin is always good. Uh, loot is always good. So just so I can present this to my party in complete in the complete right tone, it is both get the veal. Destroy the cult.
4: The main thing would be to get the viol away from them. My Secondary my und- objective is destroy the cult. If you can. I okay. would. If all that happens is you are able to extract this very powerful magical artifact from them, I will consider it a win. They, as far as I know, up until they retrieved this item, were by themselves on a tiny island in the middle of the sea, and so who cared? But now I care.
0: Right, okay, do you know if they are if there are any like ne'er do well kind of insane captains that might have familiarity with the area that we could talk to?
4: not offhand, but okay. c- certainly. There's probably some out there. I would imagine even some of the more reputable captains would know things, and certainly for the right price, you could get transport there. Most will go by. It's not that far by ship from here, but yes, I would I would imagine you'd want to ask around and find some more information about the area. I can, right. if you bring me a, a map, I can narrow down which of the archipelago islands we think they are on. They're, what is that?
0: and uh from his in it from his uh pocket dimension or his pocket jmm produces the map that he always has of the sword coast and so he oh yep yep okay and he points to the moon and and they start he starts trying to get a a narrow a narrower view of where it is
4: okay i will uh send you the details, but if you look at your map, you can kind of see where the, there's the Moonshay Isles, kind of the big islands, and then as you go further north, it turns into the Corinne Archipelago, and at the very northern tip of that, there's a like three very small islands, uh, one big one and like three very small ones, and she kind of circles those three tiny ones and says, "We know it's one of these three. I haven't been able to pin it down more than that. But both of these are small. There may be only a couple of miles each. And while we are, we're pretty sure that they've got some kind of lair underground. It would not take much in order to scope out all three of them. We just." We don't have the person, Nidge.
0: Well, you've got me, and I think I have some ideas on how we'll do this, but I will I will bring it to my group. Uh, we're a dowdy bunch, and I think we could get this done for you. Jonathan the Muscular has every confidence.
4: Well bring this to your friends and let me know, and uh, when you when you have made a decision about when you're ready, I will discuss with you what, what you might be interested in, in payment. As as I said, it's not there's no time. Commitment for this—certainly, the sooner the better. But this isn't the end of the world.
0: I would imagine for you, it, the idea of not a not a commitment uh, or not a time commitment means it could be a very long time.
4: I'm willing to wait as long as it takes. Certainly, the longer we wait, the more powerful this group might become. But for the moment, there's no there's no pressing need. So let me know, and we can discuss terms at that point.
0: Cool, Jonathan the Magimuscular, Muscular is here to help.
4: <laughs> Arrest looks kind of happy at this. Does Bologna- he fluff? <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't quite fluff, but he stands up a little bit straighter. He's. It's obvious that he's pleased to know that, like, he's facilitated this and that his sponsorship of you two. It. it like, you don't need an inside check to see that he. He is pleased to know that he's been able to offer you and your group jobs and this is all working out like he is super happy about this Travin and carleton yo the two of you are back at the golden rock tavern looking over the stuff that uh, you brought back from greenest because there were a few things mm-hmm. that you had accidentally left behind and we left in a hurry you, oh. you did. You, you left in a hurry and you thought you were coming back sooner and blah, blah, blah. Um, one of the things that you had uh, retrieved that Travancore, I know you were interested in, was a specific sealed crystalline tube that has the deed to Wendrigod's former tower in it. And you had done a little bit of research on this. Not very much. Uh, the the actual tower on the deed is listed as being in the Western Heartlands. And you had received a a little bit of information that it might be outside of a town called Subar. Otherwise, that was pretty much all you had. There were a couple of other things. There was, I think, a book, The Instrument of the Bards, that Wendergot had. There was... um. Did you bring back Red? No, you didn't bring back Reggie because you teleported back.
1: No, no, we left them behind. Reggie was happy with the monks. Yeah, we decided yeah.
3: that Reggie Reggie found a new life. We ghosted Reggie. That's not cool. Like.
4: <laughs> okay. Bernie and uh, Jonathan are off doing other things while you guys are pouring over this stuff. And there's the- So you're kind of looking over the stuff that you got back from Greenest. And- through the door to the Golden Rock Tavern, Galgon comes walking on in. He sees you and walks on over and reaches into. He's got this tiny little bag that both of you immediately kind of recognize as he puts his arm in all the way down, further than the bag could actually reach. And then I do
2: p- the same thing.
4: <laughs> he stops and he looks at you like, All right. All right. He looks over at Travancore and goes, I-, I wasn't expecting to play a game.
2: Well, no, I figured you were going to give me something, so I was going to give you something.
4: Well, you- well Travancore paid for this, so unless you're oh, just giving me a gift.
2: I- and he- I-, I, I like let go of the halberd I was about to grab. <laughs>
4: <laughs> he pulls out of the bag a bright yellow leather barding that seems to be in the shape of a dog. And he holds it up and says, is this about what you were looking for?
1: Looks good to me. Can you describe it to me? I mean, you already did basically, but yeah, it's perfect. Thank you so much, Galgon.
4: Yeah, it's basically you you'd ordered the leather armor um and he's made the modifications so that it would fit a mastiff and uh it is it's a very bright yellow. It Ooh. is super bright.
1: This this might hurt us from a stealth standpoint,
4: but mm. He looks at it and he's like, "Well, you can always rub dirt on it." I figured if I went for the brightest yellow, you could you can always Dirty it up if you need, but if I went for like pale or mm, I don't know, but you said yellow, you said bright yellow.
1: That's true. We can can always use some dirt. I am. I can. I can figure something out. We we can work with this. Thank you. This is perfect.
4: Excellent. And he plunks that back down. He looks over at you, Carlton, he says, "I did get a line on a shield that you said that you were interested in." Yes. So a while back, you guys sold me a couple flail snail shells. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, so I asked about it because I thought it'd be funny if I sold you back your own shit.
2: <laughs> that would be pretty funny. Nice. Yeah,
4: I know, right? And so... the DM was like, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> so you're asking about a, a shield. I don't have it with me because uh, this is like a small bag. And yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. It's back at
4: the thing. But I, I do have a shield that's been made out of that, one of those flail snail shells. It's pretty cool. And if you ever want to take a look at it, it's, Pretty expensive.
2: All right. But uh, how expensive are we talking?
4: Well, I think it's going to be a lot more than that halberd that you're, you're sporting there. I, right, I'd...
2: but we were talking the halberd plus the employee discount for the magistrates and protector from the Amethyst Acropolis, and then after that, what uh, rest out of pocket.
4: So normally I'd sell this thing for about 2500 but taking all that into account, uh,
2: 15 I think we can work with that.
4: Well, you come by and take a look and let yeah. me know, but that All would right. be with the employee discount and with your with your fancy Smancy halberd, and right. we'd go from there, uh, but you, you take a look and tell me what you think when you got a chance. All right, yeah. And he nods at you and walks on out. I follow him. All right. do you want to follow? <laughs> no,
1: no, I got stuff to do for myself. It's like anyways, that scene so... from
2: uh, Monty Python. Where are you going? i will go with you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, travel course is gonna, gonna go. He has a few things errands he has, wants to run and a few things he wants to buy for his his group. And he's as long as it's not RP worthy, he wants to just do it and be done with it.
4: Sure, we can do it real quick. What what do yeah. you want
1: to do? Yeah, so I'm just picking up a couple of gifts for for my friends. I want to get statues of Myleki for Carlton, a statue, a small statue of Queen Bay. I don't think he only has it. I can custom make it for for Bernie, a world's Strongest Wizard mug for Jonathan Magi Muscular.
4: I'm gonna say the the statue of Myleki. Very quickly, uh, you actually know where the the temple to Mylki is in town, and they've got not statues, but they've got basically like um talismans, like almost like holy symbols, but holy symbols for people who are not clerics or paladins. You know, like like pendants, amulets. Exactly. They've got one of those. The. <laughs> Unfortunately, the statue to Queen Bay, you actually don't know of any. Like you know where Bernie's shrine is, but you you're also pretty sure they don't sell anything like that. So at the moment, you're not exactly sure where to go. You probably actually would have to talk to Bernie, which might defeat the purpose. Plan
1: B, statue of a small bee.
4: Okay, here's here's <laughs> will we'll do. What car of a
1: bee. Okay.
4: Because I was going to ask you to do this for the the mug. Go ahead and roll me an investigation check.
1: Ooh, Detective Travancore investigates. <laughs> yeah, so. Oh my.
4: No. <laughs> oh my. Worst
1: possible outcome. That's a three natural one.
4: Everybody's rolling ones uh, today. So
0: good. At least it's happening now and not during combat.
4: All right, Travancore, you find a place that's selling ceramic vases. Um, and you think this might be the perfect place for the mug because the mug is, you know, is going to have to be kind of custom made. And this place, they're mostly doing like bowls and decorative pieces. But you talk to the guy and they do make cups. They do make um, like large cups and they can fire kiln it to say you wanted to say world's greatest mage on it. Oh no, world's strongest wizard. World's okay. World's Strongest Wizard. Strongest <laughs> wizard.
0: Strongest.
1: <laughs> <it's> Gotta say <laughs> <wizard>. like
4: strangest
0: <laughs> weezer now or something.
3: I'm really excited for whatever spelling error there is.
4: And then so he he writes that all down. Um what color do you want the mug and what color do you want the the text in?
1: I've always associated purple with Jonathan the Magimuscular. I don't know why, but uh Let's do the mug in purple and the text in gold. Gold.
4: And then you say that you want a, basically a, a decorative ceramic bee. How large would you like it?
1: Considering Bernie's size, he thinks maybe seven inches should be plenty.
4: Seven inches. And he assumes you want it to look like a bee, so painted like a, a normal honeybee kind of thing?
1: I'm going to get a hornet, but yeah, Sure.
4: <laughs> hornet right. would
1: actually work too kind of in a weird sort of way non- a hornet would work and
3: bernie would let you participate in like a weird like destruction ritual which is gonna be <laughs> that because like because like fuck fuck wasps and hornets especially
4: yellow jackets they're not pollinated. this guy takes down all of this information he's like Okay, we can do all of this. We can actually do it kind of quickly because I don't have any special orders for today. So I can get started on this right away and probably have it done by the end of the day. Uh, The mug is going to be about 30 gold pieces. The bee is going to be another 20.
1: Yeah, I mean, maybe the one is me getting hosed on the price, but that's okay. Yeah, um, Travancore agrees to doesn't say anything, doesn't show anything on his face. He's like, yeah, it's fine.
4: Excellent. Come back in a few hours and we'll we'll have this kiln drying as you as you arrive. Oh cool. uh, magic kiln. Couple hours later, yeah, when you go by, you find that it is just as you'd ordered. It is a giant mug, finishing drying painted purple with world's strongest wizard painted on it, and a very large it's you'd said seven inches, but this thing is almost like a foot long of a uh, honeybee. <laughs> And Mark off fifty gold. Yep. Because I'm I'm secretly
3: a... upset that you spent money on her, though. I think we've all
2: spent money on Bernie at some point at this now.
3: I like it's the like, hey, thanks for not letting me die, money.
2: <laughs> there you Pretty go. Pretty much. <laughs> like
3: <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really glad I didn't die that time. Here. I'm
2: so sorry. I used to run you into the middle of battle. Please take this dog, so I'm not charging in the battle with you on my back.
4: You know how when you play D&D together, like, in the same room, they always say bring snacks and food for the DMs because it's the DM? Like, this is the in-game equivalent for your characters of, like, thank you, Cleric, for being our Cleric. I'm going to buy you nice things in-game. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) Trevor isn't
1: even really thinking about, like, the healing times. He just appreciates everyone's, like, friendship. He appreciates them accepting him after he came out with his his truth. He appreciates him bowing to whatever leadership he need to show in the Feywild he's really just deeply grateful and in a good place right now and he wanted to express that in gift form
4: that's your love language <laughs> some people need to do love language in physical objects that cost a lot of money cuz they rolled a natural 1 in their investigation i'm mean, noble background am i right
3: <laughs> yeah that actually makes sense that you wouldn't say anything like you're the cut con- you're noble so you go to the market and they give you a high price and they expect you to bargain down you go okay and they're like yeah. yep whatever they're like, shit, I could have gotten more.
1: Trevor sure, <laughs> meant like during this interregnum to try and meet up with Olivia once in a while for lunch. I don't know if that happened or not.
4: Yeah, so during a lot of this you have been. You've been meeting up so kind of to retcon the last like ten days or so. Yeah, you've been meeting up for lunches. It's been very casual. It's been very um you've been keeping it light. You did fill her in a little bit on like the basics of what happened in the Feywild, but not didn't go too deep and, you know, didn't be like and then we almost all died because of you know horrible hags and stuff and then she's been letting you know it's it's been boring the last couple of weeks that you've been gone she's been dealing with a lot of estate issues because of the fact that she's now in charge of this portion of her family's estate she's been bored because it's the middle of the winter and she can't go riding so a lot of it is her you asking her questions about what she's up to and her eventually turning it back onto what have you been up to because she's like well I've been taking care of paperwork, and you can tell that she's a little annoyed that she has nothing more exciting to say. But yeah, over the last week or so, you've been you've met up a couple of times for 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 tea and for lunches and stuff, and and kept it light and kind of it's it's been nice. It's been nice to like spend time with her that there aren't alter, ulterior motives, and she feels the same way. Like last time she came to see you before this, it was to hire you, so. This, like, we're, we're just going to meet up and chat is kind of nice. That's good to have a noble friend. <laughs> I don't know if that has another connotation or not. Not I'm really. Just, on. like,
1: ear- I mean, it's just good to have a friend, period. Like, I think chords is good to have someone who's not one of the heralds to give him objectivity about what he's doing a little bit. It's good that they're both nobles because they both kind of understand some of the things that no- only nobles get in terms of, you know, the- having to grow up with all the-, the bells and the whistles and the formality and all that. to be able to let that loose and just be able to chill with somebody, I think,
4: who gets it, it, it's rewarding. You know, uh, roll an insight check, now that you say that. 22. So for all of her obvious embarrassment about not having as exciting of a, of a, what have I been up to, she has the same, you being a noble understand some of the boring paperwork and some of the stuff that she's having to deal with about, you know, uh, she's in charge of a house full of people that she has to pay out and take care of and she feels responsibility for these people and it's obvious that, you know, some are having worse times than others and and it's she's being, you know, in our day equivalent, a manager and as much as she doesn't have exciting things to talk about, the fact that you understand these, like, hey... In Perconum, we've got to deal with the same thing. A manager here is a manager there is a manager anywhere. And like that makes her happy that she feels like she's not boring you when she talks about these things that you get it. They're like, oh, yeah, I've been there and that she's not talking about things that you wouldn't understand. So you you definitely connect at, over the mundaneness of that kind of thing. Was there anything else you wanted to do? No, I
1: think I'll basically, uh, you know, I, I did write like a letter Basically, you're making a formal request to change my title. Yes. I don't think I get a chance to mail that or not. So,
4: uh, Oh yeah, you've I'll, mailed that it'll off. It'll take time just... for them
1: to get back to me,
4: I'm guessing. It's going to take a while. It's got to get on a boat. And, but yeah, you've definitely sent that off.
1: I think is going to make an executive decision for himself and deal with the consequences of those things are denied. He's going to be going by Ambassador General from now on. Or just Ambassador for short. Because that's basically what he is. Okay. Ambassador Travencourt.
3: We can decorate the consulate. <laughs> i
1: think the consulate right now is basically the golden rock tavern
3: yeah the golden rock tavern <laughs> can the golden rock tavern officially be declared perconum soil
4: uh you'd probably have to talk to Gestock you might have some issues with that also uh bernie you know for a fact you've seen other people lick it involuntarily mm. in most cases but <laughs> people
1: have it. Mm. those are leads they'll have to be investigated <laughs>
4: We appreciate all of our patrons and extend a special thanks to our Artifact and Wondrous Tier patrons. Thank you, Megan, Lori, (aka Calamity Jane), that Indian dude, Colin Kalen, and Hunted Shadows LLC.